is up, everybody? This is week four of the OHVA Music Appreciation Podcast. This is Miss Check, and I am here as always with Mr. England. Mr. England, how are you doing? I'm so good today. Thanks for asking. I hope you're doing well as well. I am. I'm hanging out. You know, we're we're well into week four into our class. If you're a student of ours, this is our week four. Um, so, you know, well into it. You know the drill. Make sure you're getting your stuff done. Yada, yada, yada. Right? Pretty simple. Just a reminder, we want you to share this podcast with your friends. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a buddy. Have them listen to it. You know, we are teachers at OHVA, and we do teach music appreciation. We are kind of sticking with um, our course curriculum, but we are going into topics that aren't necessarily in our class. So feel free to tell a friend, get us some more listeners so we can engage in a little bit of conversation with you. Now, just as a recap, last week we got to meet Mr. Payne, who is one of our fellow uh, teachers here. And um, I hope you all got to listen last week. If you didn't, go back and check it out. Um, He is a very talented musician who also does dancing Christmas lights. Did you watch some of those videos, Mr. England? I did. They're very good. Yes. He spends a lot of time on them. So if you haven't checked out last week's video, or last week's video, last week's podcast, go check it out. There are links to the videos so you you can see those and see how much he works on those. So... As we proceed into our week four, we're going to talk about music history. How do you feel about music history, sir? Uh, I think music history is important. I think it helps to inform us today, and I like to learn about it, as long as I'm not memorizing dates. Yep, I totally can feel that. I'm the same way. You know, I I think a lot of people get scared off by the word history. But there's a saying I always think about that I always heard in my history classes and, of course, from my grandparents. This is maybe a generational thing. But I always heard the, if we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. Have you ever heard that before? I have. And I was going to do a JFK accent, but I first, Ooh. I can't do a JFK accent. And second, <laughs> I don't know if he's even the one that like has said that. I mean, it's old. It's old, but uh, he seems like somebody that would have said that. That's a totally tangential thing, but... I love it, though. But that seems like it, right? That seems like he'd be on a podium and just being very oratory about it. That's you know, right. just standing yeah. behind, you know. So I was thinking about that that phrase when we were started planning for the podcast. And I was also thinking about the fact that I've also heard the phrase to know where you go to know where you're going. You've got to know where you've been. Mm, and yeah. so if you're if you're the kind of person who's listening to popular artists right now, it all can be traced back to where we're going to start talking about today. And some of you are going to go, you know, mischeck that no way. But if you stay with us and listen for a while, you're going to see that everything that we're going to start talk about here in week four eventually gets us to 2019. So we're going to get in the way back machine here. I don't know if anybody says that anymore, but I always like the way back machine. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, again, I'm just showing my age to everybody every day that we do this. Well, if we don't know where we're going, or how can we know where we're going if we don't look to see where we have been? Right, Miss Check? Amen. <laughs> tell them. Tell them. So we're going to go back in the way back machine here. We're going to go to the middle ages. Now, I know some people are going to be like, all right, well, I'm already bored. But there's a lot to talk about here. So, Mr. England, would you mind kicking us off and, and talk a little bit of, you know, how the Middle Ages, what's, what we're talking about, what kind of musical elements we're, we're going to get into here? 
Oh boy, yeah. So I know that's a real open-ended question. It I is. just dropped on you, but we've got show notes, so everything's fine. <laughs> that's right. We have an outline. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the Middle Ages is the largest chunk of history that we'll look at in in this class or in this podcast, even uh, as terms of time. But it will be probably one of the shortest amounts of history that we'll talk about because the Middle Ages. Uh, is actually a thousand years long. It's between the fifth and the fifteenth century. It's pretty long. It's like a, a, one of the largest subsections of time, even um, mm-hmm. in recorded history. Uh, yeah, so, so, fifth ex- century. What's, it what, examines a lot. It a does. Ton of stuff. Do you know what year the fifth century is? It's the fifth century. The fifth century. I always get this number mixed up. But what year is fifth century? Like the actual specific yeah, year? Yeah. 400. That's right. Yeah, it's always one further. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Dude, I was worried I was going to make a mistake on a recording. <laughs> I really, but, but you're totally right, though, because you really have to think about it because you got to forget that first, that, first, that first century. Yep. Yep, in order that, to count it. The zeros, you know. <laughs> yes. Please don't ask me any more hard questions. We're recording on a Friday today. <laughs> okay. It's hard work. I'll the do brain. my best. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I'll give you the next answer. The 15th century is the 1400s. So a thousand years. A, what's that? A millennia of time is the Middle Ages. But they're broken down into three sections. Uh, the low, middle, and high middle ages and so where we come into this picture of exploring music is the high middle ages the last part of the middle ages the 10 hundreds to the 14 hundreds all right can you think of any famous like historical events that are happening around this time this isn't a trick question i'm just trying to think if you know of any historical things that are happening I mean, most of my history classes have been replaced by music theory, wink. Um, <laughs> so, as you all are well aware, uh, you know, all I, all I think about when I think about the Middle Ages, and we're probably going to talk about this, is just um, this giant movement of Christianity, which is very related to what we're going to talk about. So when I think, when I'm thinking of events, I just, I just think of this, this giant religious movement. That's what comes to my mind. That's probably a good thing because religion dominates this time period. Uh, I think like the 1400s is like that's when we're starting to explore the world. Like that's 1492, Christopher Columbus uh, sailed the ocean blue, right? That's the only like fun history fact I remember. And now we don't even celebrate Christopher Columbus, which is all right because he was kind of a a weird dude. A questionable dude. A questionable dude, yes. Celebrate Indigenous People Day. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it to the scholars. So, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. You're right. uh, This is such a time for exploration in history in general. Yeah. The reason that uh, this time period, the Middle Ages, is so important in terms of uh, religion is that uh, the Roman Empire has fallen. And that was the dominant empire at this time, in Europe specifically. So that's why we had talked so much about the church. And we'll talk about why that is here in a few minutes. So when we're talking about religion, we have uh, religious or sacred or that heathen side of things, the non-religious, a.k.a. the secular 
side of the world. And that's pretty much how this world was divided, secular versus sacred. And uh, I say that kind of jokingly, but in that time, it would have really been, you would have been a heathen if you didn't participate in the life of the church. So, yeah, um, for sure. And, and for those of you who are unaware, heathen isn't a good thing. It's not a good thing. <laughs> it is not a good thing, you, you yes. You don't want to be heathen, even in this day. But yeah, the, the word heathen is, does, definitely has some negative connotation. Yeah, you would have got smote. Is that the past tense of getting smited? But smote, 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 smote. I'm gonna go with yes, yeah. and that we need to bring an English teacher in here someday. That's right. For, for, for all of our ridiculous errors. That's right. <laughs> oh gosh. So sacred specifically is uh, in this time period the Catholic Church, and um, and I just do want to preface this, and I feel like we always should do this when we talk about music, uh, especially in this time period. We're not advocating for one type of music over the other, uh, but in the sense that we're looking at this world, uh, the Catholic Church is the dominant force, not just for religion, but for all of culture. And the reason uh, that is, is because there was really no other churches at that time. Another huge event in this time period of the Middle Ages is something called the Great Schism. And so if you know anything about Christian history, which, you know, I don't know if you will or not, uh, the Great Schism is the first large-scale, crazy church split in the Christian church. And so uh, the East and the West split, basically over Rome and who has authority over the church. And so the Catholic Church has the Pope, and he's uh, the guy that's in charge of the, the Catholicism and that whole sect of Christianity. The Eastern Church, or Eastern Orthodoxy as we know it today, does not have that. And they recognize two separate epicenters of their religion. So Roman Catholicism is in Rome, and uh, Eastern Orthodoxy is in Constantinople. Constantinople? I can't say mm-hmm. that city. Uh, Constantinople. Thank I just you. know that because of the song from They Might Be Giants. Nice. Does any, anybody know that song? I do not know that Maybe song. Maybe I should link that in the show notes. I, I got to make sure it's school appropriate. But I totally, yeah, Constantinople. Okay. Constantinople. I'm making a note, folks. <laughs> all right. And so that's important because all the music we look at now through through our lens of Western European music um, is from the Roman Catholicism lens. The Roman Catholic Church really kicked this off because uh, the Eastern Orthodoxy would have moved further east, to Middle East, and then even further east than that. Uh, We didn't have other denominations, like the next big split wouldn't come until Martin Luther leaves the church, and that's called the the Reformation, which we'll talk about that because he's an amazing choral uh, hymn writer, Uh, and that doesn't happen for another 400 and some years after the beginning of this uh, this time period. Because again, remember folks that this is such a huge time period we're talking about. So, you know, when we go to study other parts of music, the years might be closer together, but here they're going to be quite stretched out. That's right. That's a good, that's a good point because it's a, a huge chunk of time that is happening. So the, the middle ages started because of the fall of Rome. And so the Roman Catholic Church, or the Catholic Church, the church at the time, was one of the only stable forces in the area. That's why they could continue to exist, even though a, a empire had fallen, the church still carried on. And so they got to carry on a lot of culture and a lot of tradition and a lot of scholarship. 
And so when the Great Schism happened between the East and the West, the Roman Catholic Church in Europe continued on this tradition of knowledge and understanding. And similarly in the East, they would have continued on scholarship and all of that because it would have been constant. Um, Catholicism ruled Europe. It was uh, stable, like I said. Educated people in Europe worked for and they worked in the church. Who would some of those educated people have been, Ms. Check? Well, with most, you know, uh, the educated people in Europe who work for the church would have been more like, you know, the higher class folks. Folks with money. Folks with money. Money makes the world go round. And Ain't that the truth? Yeah. And the church. And it was, it was, do, it was that it's still, whether yeah. you like it or not, it's still the same today in some ways, but it, some things never change. Even when we go back all that way, mm-hmm. That's you know, the truth. It, 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 some things don't change over time. And you'll see that can some somewhat consistently, even as we get into other time periods, like classical and Baroque, you're going to see that money makes things move. It's consistent. Same <laughs> <Dang> money. <laughs> <laughs> so the church had the resources, so they had the money. Um, and the other thing, too, is like it is a way that you could have evalu- uh, elevated your status in some ways where you could have joined the church and become like a monk or something like that. All of these old writings, and this goes across all uh, all of culture, you know, like writing. If you wanted to learn to write and read, you did it through the church, right? All of our original books and manuscripts, most of those come from the church, at least from Europe, um, as a powerhouse, basically is what we're saying. Uh, There's a lot of music, though, and so I want to end all this. This is the lens that we look through the world. There's a lot of other music that's happening in the world, um, and a lot of it's very beautiful. And it's kind of unfortunate that this gets reduced into its own subcategory that we talked about in the the first session, which is ethnomusicology, music outside of our culture and our culture that we look at music through is always, at least in America, typically through the lens of Western Europe. Um, it, uh, yeah, so. and you know, I, that sometimes I, I think that can be really unfortunate because there's all these different things going around, even at this time, just because we focused on Europe. Well, a lot of us from that live in this country have, have an ancestry from Europe. It's a, a tradition of bringing these things over with them. So that's why some of this happens. Now, you'll see it in other parts, especially if you have ancestors from a different part of the world. You're going to see some other things that kind of carry over. But there's still these other things going on in other parts of the world. And it's like when we get to this particular lens, for lack of a better word, it's, uh, it, I, think, I think, Mr. England, you put in the notes, it gets like a bum rap that they have their own field of study because it's different from what we're seeing that's happening in Europe. Yeah, for sure. And if you want to talk about like history repeating itself, well, history repeats itself because we have things that are ingrained so deep into our life. And culturally, music, all the way up until this point, is still very much ingrained that the the appropriate music, the only real music, is from uh, the classical world. Like So, again, from... Uh, Europe. And so any music outside of that is looked at as different, which is kind of, um, I'm going to be so bold to say, a an imperialistic view of music and culture. So just be careful I that, I agree uh, with you 100%. Yeah, that you don't get caught up, dear listener, 
in defining what is the correct style of music. We're just simply looking at music through this lens. The correct style of music is the one you're listening to. Oh, that's good. I'm deep. Pretty yeah. deep. That's pretty good. <laughs> so with all that, not to rally against the church too hard uh, right. at the we end. Mean, and we don't mean it to be that way either. Like right. I know we said about, you know, we're not endorsing Christianity or some kind of faith-based system. We're not trying to go against it either. We're just trying to remind you, and you will hear us do this a lot, open minds are the key. Just make sure that you're, you know, you're understanding what was happening historically and what lens you're really viewing something through. It doesn't make it right, wrong, good, bad. It's just the way we're studying it. We're trying to study objectively. That's right. And so what are some of the advancements that the church gave us in the world of music? We got some plain chants from this. You know, a lot of these things, it's (laughs) these things you'll know when you hear them, folks, the, this idea that it will even sound, religious in its tone so when you got a plain chant there's there's really only one vocal part instead of several different you know you got some polyphony okay different voices singing parts um you got some solfege so all my all those listeners who have ever taken a class where you've got do re mi fa so i'm not going to sing because my voice is shot from from other teaching this week but if you've ever heard those syllables do re mi or if you've ever watched the sound of music I'm sure all of you have maybe seen that. So solfege. Um, the musical staff. So, again, if you're in our class, you're seeing those lines that we write our notes on, which I should say will look a lot different when you start studying. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. England? Like, yeah, for this sure. This is very different what it looks like in the Middle Ages versus what we have now. The system has changed. The way we write music is very different. And, you know, we, we, it's just take a look at a piece of Middle Ages music versus current music or piece of sheet music today. You'll see, you'll see that. And there's also modes. Um, usually guitars use these. And modes are a very interesting thing there i'm trying to think of a way to say this as simple as possible but there are a series of specifically ordered ordered pitches i'm trying to think of is there a better way to say that mr England? i'm trying to think of for the novice who doesn't know what a mode is yeah is there... so so a mode basically has a different starting point a different starting note based off of a major scale. So solfege, like Miss Check was talking about earlier, uses the syllables do, re, mi. So do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, do, ti, la, so, fa, mi, re, do. A mode would start those same notes, but would start on a different level of that scale. So do, re, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, re, do, ti, la, so, fa, mi, re. And so it has a different feel. You're using all the same notes, but you start at a different spot in the scale. And so modes in the church would not have been used. uh, Well, let me start here. We didn't have all of the fancy uh, alterations that we could have given a note back when church music was first written. You started on one note, and then everything was based off of that note, and you didn't alter like the actual pitch itself. What you did was you started on a different note, so you had a different um, feeling and a different mood associated with the ordering of the notes. So it's kind of like taking a rainbow, and we all know the order of the colors of a rainbow, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. 
And instead of starting with red, you would start with orange and then put red above violet. And so it's just reordering, always keeping the same order, but starting at a different color. So that's my I, music analogy to I art. have. I've never heard anybody put talk about modes and compared it to the rainbow, and I think that is brilliant, and I love that. That's so good. What a good one. Thanks. I'm totally, I'm totally stealing that for class next week. I like it. I literally <laughs> just came up with it off the top of my head. So I, I love it. it, it is, it's so true. We all know Roy G. Biv. We're just yeah. moving Roy, so now he's Oy G. Biver. <laughs> Oy G. Biver. <laughs> Is that, <laughs> that's a different mode than Roy G. Biff. That's right. <laughs> that's such a great way to put it. How wonderful. All right. So let's get out of the so, church. Kudos on your singing, by the way. Oh, thank just, you. i got to f- give you the shout out for the that. The first part of the scale is not so good. i got to get locked in, but I was good after that. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the heathen side of things now. So we're leaving. We're yeah, we're all heathens. Uh, <laughs> secular music or more aptly defined as music with no religious purpose. That's secular music, okay? Um, secular music, uh, well, let's, let's back up. It was all of the educated people, the people that could write and actually understand like the theory side of music and all that stuff and were developing all these cool things, they all existed typically inside of the church. And so what that means is the music that was created outside of the church was more informal in the sense that it wasn't written down, typically. It probably wasn't analyzed a lot. People just made music. And they knew what sounded good to their ear, and they knew how to play it on instruments, and they were probably trained by people, uh, but not like in the formal sense of like sit-down classes. Songs were passed down uh, by word of mouth or by rote. So basically you learned a song, you then taught somebody else that song, and that was that was the informal secular style of music. A, a nice way to compare it today, perhaps, is jazz music. Jazz today is very informal. Same with probably rock music even now, more currently. But very informal where you can study it, and you can study it well, and there's classes to take and all that. But there are some amazing musicians, rock, jazz, blues, all that, that have never took music theory or don't really understand it in the way that we would talk about it in a theory class. And so that's what I mean. It was more informal. Yeah. And you see this in other parts of the world. Like I know we're talking specifically about the Middle Ages, but you will see this idea of being informal when we get to other parts of the world or if if you ever um, go out for, you know, look at ethnomusicology things or other parts of the world there's a lot of places in the world it's not just europe at this time there's a lot of places in history that are still doing this by rote thing too yeah that's right that's right uh and so the popular styles of secular music um would have been something called a motet and a madrigal motets are cool they're very hard to sing because uh miss check said a word earlier uh, and that word was, uh, she didn't say monophony. She said plain chants, which are monophonic, which means one sound. Mono is one, phonic is sound. So one singer, one melody line, one thing happening at a time. A motet was something called polyphonic, which is multiple voices or multiple melody melodies 
being sung at the same time. And what made it even more interesting is now we have a bunch of different movement, a bunch of different people, is one line was in Latin, and the other five lines probably, typically six voices, the other five lines were in a different language. So you not only did you have different musical ideas to listen to, you had different languages to listen to, but somehow it all worked together magically. I don't know how it did it, but that's the magic. It kind of reminds me, they're not the same thing, let me preface this, but it kind of reminds me, remember last week when we were talking about polyrhythms, many rhythms, yep. and we talked about how it be, how it was layered, and that's what, you know, even though math, you know, if you looked at it mathematically, it could work, but just at first glance, it shouldn't work together. This is a similar concept to where you've got these layers, and maybe they're different lines, maybe it's different languages, but once, even though they don't look like they should go together, once they're layered upon each other, it does actually, in fact, work. That's Yeah, that's a perfect uh, example uh, or a segue to it because it does work. It's magic. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, <laughs> but it does. It's pure wizardry, folks. Yeah, if you want to hear a modern-day version, more modern than, you know, a thousand-plus years ago, type in Dixieland Jazz into YouTube or whatever, and that will be kind of like the chaos that you will hear. That Dixieland jazz, and we'll talk about that later, like down the road, down the year, is just a bunch of different instruments that have no business being together, playing whatever they want to play, and it all works together. It's the same thing, but with different languages. So that's pretty crazy, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Like the idea that just you can take these things that shouldn't be together and they still work. It's just a really cool idea. Yeah, it's not quite like peanut butter and jelly. It's like peanut butter and potato chips. So. Right, which is still kind of delicious. Also, how did we get back to food? <laughs> Every I want to point out, week. you did it. I did. You did it this time. And we're not even close to dinner time yet, but that's all right. It is almost snack time. <laughs> it's true. It is almost snack time. It's about snack o'clock over here. But... <laughs> that's right. Oh, gosh. Magicals. So magicals are cool. I Magicals are like the pop music of the day. So magicals were really lighthearted. They were about love, and Aww. I know it's so beautiful. More importantly, they had jokes in them, and that's what made this music fun. It was lighthearted. It was simple. It wasn't serious. It talked about something everybody shared in or wanted. I guess we we lust after love, and then it had jokes interweaved in there. It was so it was basically the Justin Bieber music of. Uh, it's day. So, you always got to come for Biebs. Food and Biebs, man. I'd be food pretty happy. Beebs. That's what you come <laughs> to this podcast for, the food and the Biebs. That would be a great so, podcast title. So if I was going to start a second podcast, I would revolve it around food and the Biebs. And I would try yes. to get Justin Bieber on my show. So I think the first episode should be Baby, Baby, Baby. <laughs> but you should make Baby Back Ribs. Oh, my gosh. See, it practically writes itself. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for you. Oh, thank you. I've got you. your back if you ever I'll... go down this theory. Go down this road. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And so, the other, oh, yeah, go ahead. The, I was going to say, the other thing is, you know, this is the polar opposite of what you're getting from the church, right? Yes. Like, the church is very serious, very subdued, um, probably very thoughtful in its approach because, you know, some of this is you know, related to worship, 
Yep. Whereas when you get into madrigals and stuff, this is just taking all that and throwing that out the window. This is kind of bucking authority almost to, to a degree, just because it's just, it, this is the opposite. We're not, you're not here for, for all the plain chants and everything. You're here for the jokes. It, it's a very, very opposite thing when you're dealing, um, well, with sec- secular music in general. Yeah. Very well said. And it wasn't taken seriously. It was serious, but it wasn't that serious. Kind of like this podcast. It's so. truth. <laughs> we don't take it too seriously. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think we've probably hit on everything. What do you think, Mr. England? I think so. I don't think that was too boring. No. Hopefully no. you all didn't think it was too boring, too. So history can be really fun. And hopefully, you know, just hearing some folks talk about it makes it a little more engaging. So definitely check it out. Go, You know, especially if you're in our class, go into the classroom, listen to the examples, you know, all the teacher stuff that we normally tell you. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Don't forget, you can listen and subscribe to this podcast basically wherever you choose. Um, you can put it on your phone. You can listen to it on your computer. Um, we have links to it in the classroom if you are one of our students. So check those places out. Um, we are on Twitter at OHVA Music. So if you are a tweet, Twitterer, tweeter, I don't know which one a you tweeter? call yourself. A tweeter. <laughs> I don't uh, know. We, I don't know. We, we like to make up words here on this podcast. Um, but yeah, go on Twitter, follow us. We post the podcast there, different links we find. Uh, you can engage with us. Um, if you're in our classes, don't forget that all your teachers have their specific contact information in their class. So check those out if you need to reach out to us. And by all means, reach out to us. Even if you're a student and you want to address what we said on the podcast, shoot us an email, leave us feedback. Um, of course we have the website anchor.fm slash O H V a music. So check that out too. That's where you can find us on the web. Anything else, Mr. England? No, I don't think so. That was a good, uh, it was a good time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Absolutely. And thank you all for coming and we'll see you all next week. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye.